0: Hello and welcome to episode 15 of Healthy Debates, part of a series of podcasts brought to you by the UK's best-selling women's wellbeing magazine, Healthy. I'm your host and editorial director, Ellie Hughes. Today we're talking to freelance journalist Amy Sedgi, who suffers from anxiety and depression, and has found a somewhat unusual way of coping with it, track cycling something which most of us might find quite an anxiety-inducing experience, whizzing round a track on a bike with no brakes, just inches away from bikes in front of and behind her, Amy finds liberating. Amy is joining us today to talk about her own experience and discoveries. If you want to read her article, do go to healthy-magazine.co.uk and you can buy Healthy Magazine in Holland & Barrett stores across the UK. This episode was recorded earlier in the year but was not published as we went into lockdown and velodromes were shut. We're releasing it this week as velodromes across the UK, including Amy's local velodrome in Hernhill, Hill, start to reopen using social distancing measures. We hope you enjoy listening to it. Amy, welcome to The Healthy Podcast. It's so great to have you here. How are you feeling today? Yeah, good. Thank you for having me. It's a yeah. pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously we ran an article with you in Healthy Magazine where you shared with us your story about anxiety and how track cycling, bizarrely to me anyway, was <laughs> kind of something that really helped you cope with that. Because I think for a lot of us, if we even know about track cycling, it seems like quite a scary thing actually in itself and the technicality of it, which we'll come on to later. Um, but would you mind just kind of taking us back in time? Because I know you've talked about... Kind of your mental well-being and it being something that you were struggling with a little bit, kind of even as a teenager. Can you just take us back and tell us sort of the, the story of, of that for you?
1: Yeah, so as I mentioned in the piece, I have suffered from depression from kind of like late teens. Um, and at university, I think it became kind of more apparent to me. And as as I wrote in the piece, I um, was doing work experience. When I read a piece by Mark Rice Oxley, who's a journalist at The Guardian, and he had written a piece about his experience of depression and it was just a moment where it clicked, where up until that point I hadn't really read or heard many other people's experiences of depression. And then when I read the piece, there was just so much in there that I could relate to. So that I guess was probably when I first kind of became aware which would be my early 20s I think and then ever since it's been something that's always there but it's it kind of goes from just something that's affects you slightly or not so much or it sometimes feels like a memory in a way um, to something that can be kind of you know all encompassing and um, quite difficult. So what was it
0: in the piece that really resonated with you?
1: This is a while ago <laughs> I read it. Um, uh, I think it was just some of the the struggles some of the feelings he described it was kind of even more powerful I guess that like I said he's a, a a male in his 40s, um, in a very kind of uh, different part of his life, but he's describing things that I, I thought, oh, okay, yeah, I've I felt that kind of wanting to hide away or feeling, despite what you have done, you feel kind of like you haven't done enough or, you, you know, th- those kind of feelings.
0: Okay, but you, so you, were you aware before reading this article that you had depression or were you just thinking there's something going on in my mind that... I don't quite know what it is.
1: I think I probably have been to the doctors, and it may I it may have been mentioned. Sorry, this is probably not very clear because you know it's a while ago. Yeah, fine. <laughs> um, yeah. I think with something like this, it's it's kind of interesting because sometimes you're kind of looking for other answers. So sometimes you think, oh, I feel like this because I've been you know I've been doing too much, or um, because of you know, have not been eating well enough or uh, lots of different things that you can kind of uh, attribute it to without trying to kind of really look at the, what, like, especially the doctor might be telling you that it's depression and you're kind of slightly in denial about it. So I think I probably had, had some of those conversations, but it was, yeah, it's just kind of the time that I remember everything clicking. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So Obviously, you did find a way of coping because you were
1: at uni, you got through uni, yeah. you did your work experience. What did you do to help yourself cope? So, first of all, my university experience was quite, um, it wasn't very straightforward. <laughs> so, I had a year out after my first year and that, I think, was, you know, the kind of the first time that it was something, especially uh, I spoke to people that were close to me. Yeah, I, I did get through university, but it wasn't kind of like a, a linear a process it was quite kind of uh, fragmented I guess. I did things like therapy, CBT, I've had medication which I think at times medication is kind of what you need just to kind of function and there should be kind of no judgment on that.
0: Absolutely yeah.
1: And then I think there's just there's just so many little things that you kind of learn about yourself or you have your loved ones who Will notice things and and point out to you. Like, for example, I know that if I don't get much sleep, I find it much harder to kind of regulate my emotions or keep my mind focused. And battling some of that, some of those thoughts, is harder when you're tired, which makes sense. And I know that for me, nature, exercising, those are all really important things to help me kind of deal with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All good advice, absolutely. And I definitely agree there should be absolutely no stigma about anything, really, that you need to do. So it started off more as depression, and then you saw a kind of anxiety aspect kind of come from that as you went through your 20s.
1: Yeah, so with the depression, there's certain things of that that I was was kind of aware of, but I guess I was quite good at hiding it Mm -hmm. as well. And then the anxiety, I was thinking about this, actually, um on the way here and there's not like one kind of key moment that i remember thinking oh gosh i've got anxiety but some of my behavior you know kind of feeling anxious about situations that i normally wouldn't be worried about and things i used to really love as well like you know seeing friends and mm. doing nice things it just kind of all builds up and then i think again it was when i went to my doctor and they said pressure and anxiety kind of all these things that you kind of think oh okay but it's not necessarily something that I had thought exactly that's what it is
0: okay so was it like a kind of racing mind overthinking lots of things yeah. kind of thinking worst case scenarios yeah about m- even like you say things <laughs> that should be enjoyable but were
1: yeah so massively yeah. massively kind of overthinking things worrying about stuff that it may never happen <laughs> just having quite like Negative thoughts that are just getting it gets to a point where it's um, it's affecting your what you're doing and your kind of your daily your daily routine and just like one of the things that really kind of got to me was that it became increasingly difficult to leave the house, which is there's just a whole world out there and you're worrying about going to the supermarket to pick up some bread or you're you're worrying about situations that may never happen, and you, you the rational part of your brain understands that. But sometimes it's just so exhausting when you've got these thoughts going around and sometimes you kind of end up giving into it. So how on earth did <laughs>
0: track cycling become the solution that you landed on?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, I guess I should point out that it's not kind of like a um, a one solution. Obviously, it's still something that I It's an ongoing thing, but it's definitely something that helps. And I think, like I mentioned before, exercise in general is a really um, important thing to me because it helps kind of have a break from some of those thoughts, some of those kind of racing thoughts. Yeah, Um, And also it helps with sleep. So if you exercise enough, you get very tired and then (laughs) you don't. Because that's one of the, the things that actually became quite difficult with the anxiety is I've never really had trouble with sleeping until the anxiety and it becomes a circle because obviously if you have trouble sleeping, then you're finding it difficult to cope and then it just becomes like this kind of circle. So yeah, the, the the track cycling, how did that come about? Is that the question? Yes. Yeah. So my boyfriend is really into cycling and so that was basically the kind of the gateway. So and I've always enjoyed sport and things like the Olympics are You kind of get very into it. And so I guess, yeah, through him, I ended up watching some of the the track cycling. And obviously there was a lot of attention on the track cycling at the Olympics because they were doing so well. I was just really fascinated by how, yeah, kind of how brave and powerful and kind of very energised these female cyclists were and yeah, it was just really inspiring to watch. And so it was one of those things I thought, okay, I'd like to give it a go, but I don't think I ever went into it thinking like this is something I'm going to do frequently yeah. necessarily. And also, I think like sometimes I think if it's something a bit more difficult, then it somehow attracts me to it. I don't know why, but it's kind of like, okay, I want to give this a go. After the 2016 Olympics, I was in back in Dorset visiting some family and there was a Team GB taster day. So up and down the country, there were all of these clubs and organisations opening their doors to let people try different sports. Pool Wheelers, which is a cycling club in Dorset, they were putting on a taster session for it's a track psych thing at Bournemouth Velodrome, which I never even knew existed. It's very kind of hidden away, yeah. and yeah, I went along, um, dragged my my mum and my nieces. Uh, my boyfriend came. My nieces were not interested <laughs> at the time. I think they're about they? six okay. and ten. Okay. So the six-year-old just kind of played, in the she made friends with, <laughs> with the other young kids. Um, the yeah, the the older one was not interested at all. Yeah, so I went along and. Going along was fine, I was quite like excited about it, but then when I got there and I was stood in the middle of the track waiting for my turn, I realised I was the only adult and everyone else's children, and it's just then, they're all kind of you know eager and excited and their parents are watching on the side, and I was thinking, what am I doing here? <laughs> and I think that's when the nerves build, and I was probably thinking about backing out. There was a... Uh, a young female cyclist there called Lucy Gadd, who she's now actually a professional cyclist. Um and she just I think she was fifteen at the time. What? But but she seemed <laughs> yeah, she was she knew what she wanted to do and she was just very perceptive and she I think sensed that I wasn't quite comfortable but, you know, said to me, just give it a go and, you know, kind of gave me a bit of confidence to just, you know. Yeah. What's, what's the worst that will happen? Just so, that going.
0: first session, were you just going around the flat bit in the middle? Did you go up the sides?
1: Yeah, so I did the introductory session. And then I think I went back for a, another session, which they had a, an evening or two afterwards. And we, we did an exercise where we were paired up with a more experienced like this. And so, followed them around the track. So, you're kind of going up and down banking and you're following them so it kind of forces you to do some of the parts that you might not feel yeah yeah so um, I guess
0: we should explain to anyone that's Disney doesn't know there's no brakes
1: yeah no brakes <laughs> so it's, it's fixed gear no brakes you're um you you have your feet kind of strapped in so um you either have pedals where uh you put your shoes in and there's a kind of like a, a strap to strap you onto them or later on you can um, have like the clip, clip your shoes in.
0: Yeah. So do they, so how do you manage then on a bike with no brakes? How do you stop? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> um, you kind of have to um, resist the the pedals. I don't know, maybe I'm not technically saying this, yeah. right. <laughs> but you have to, You uh, yeah, so you kind of have to slow yourself down and you have to resist it if you're coming in. But so when you when you start, you're only stopping when you finish a, whatever it is you're doing. So it's not kind of like a stop-start yeah. process. So, yeah, it's it's kind of you have to resist, resist and push back yeah. slightly. But so I guess
0: the thing is there's no ability to just suddenly slam the brakes on. No. You have to be really in control <laughs> and thinking ahead and kind of expecting what might happen. Yeah,
1: it actually comes pretty quickly because obviously when you go any velodrome that you go to you have to do a induction um and learn how to how to use that velodrome and especially if you're you know first time on on a track bike you're learning how to how to get on how to stop how to ride with others so all of these things you're coached, you learn how to do it. So, uh, yeah, it kind of becomes natural. And so then also you talked about maybe your second session and having to
0: um, follow someone more experienced. So I guess the thing to say is that on a track, you're riding very closely together. I mean, on the road as well sometimes, depending on what you're doing. So you have to have the trust, I guess, people around you and in a way surrender control to them. Yeah. Is that something... I me mean, personally that's something i'm really massively struggling <laughs> with but i'm wondering is that something that perhaps helps with the anxiety that you had to kind of
1: give into it in a way i haven't thought about it like that actually but that's that's kind of interesting um yeah i guess there's lots of it that's kind of out of your control in a way and yeah i hadn't thought about it like that so that's really interesting um, but i think you know with uh with that when you're cycling with others and you're cycling so closely to them in that kind of environment the the thing to remember is you know no one wants to crash and yeah. so no one's kind of out there uh everyone's trying to everyone's trying to be safe and you have to have quite a lot of yeah you just have to have that faith in the coaches the training that you do like we do lots of um exercises where you get used to cycling close to people um you know there's one that we do where it's you go round in pairs and you kind of put, you know, at first you put your arm on their shoulder so you're, you know, you're very close. Um, or you do ones where like they'll have cones so you cycle through them and they kind of increasingly get, you know, closer and closer together so you're getting closer to people. Um, so there's lots of things in place to um, to make you feel comfortable and to make you feel um, that what you're doing is safe, I guess, Okay, yes.
0: Uh, so we'll go back in time then. So you've done this first session with a 15-year-old who's, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I can exactly feel how that is because I've got teenagers and they're often much better than me at things. You just have to accept that you're going to be told by a teenager who's better than you at something, how to do it. Yeah. You know, leave <laughs> the ego behind, whatever. <laughs> so what was it about that first session that you, that captured you enough to go back, I guess, to the second one and and again and again?
1: I guess it was... Slightly the aspect of, because I had nearly backed out, that feeling you get of, oh my goodness, I've I've done this. And um, that was really scary, but really exciting. I did it, I survived, I um, actually enjoyed it. <laughs> and it just felt really liberating. It felt really exciting. Obviously, you're going fast, so it's, it's kind of a, a real thrill. But then also, I think it was, you kind of have a break from from some of the things I mentioned earlier, some of those kind of racing or negative thoughts. And it's just a moment to really focus on something else and to focus on what you're doing and what's happening in that moment. Yeah, what other people are doing. It's it's, it's kind of like a, a break for your mind in a way. Yeah. yeah.
0: So it's it's kind of a break from your, for your mind, but also it's almost a definition of mindfulness. You're just totally yeah. in the flow, totally in the moment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's nothing else that can come in because you're...
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, when you're asking about the track cycling and anxiety and it wasn't necessarily something that I thought, okay, I'm going to do this because of this. But the more I've spoken to people who also cycle either on the road or at the velodrome, uh, I've just been struck by how many people say it's something that they find really meditative, something mm-hmm. that they find really um, gives their mind a break and kind of gives refreshes them. And I think what's really interesting is that, you know, meditation and that kind of meditative state doesn't have to be you're sitting there doing meditation yeah. or you're sitting there using a meditation app which um they can be really helpful, but I think some people really struggle with that staying still. <laughs> and actually exercise is such a great vehicle for that mm-hmm. because um with cycling, I also run as well. It's just yeah, it, it forces you to put your attention kind of directly on something for a certain specified yeah. period of time, which is very similar.
0: Yeah. So you have said, so after you started um, at the Velodrome near to your home where you grew up, you then started going to Herne Hill Velodrome in London. And you talked a bit before as well about the kind of Bournemouth Felidrome, was it? Yeah. And how you didn't know it was there and what a lovely space it is, you realise when you went there, (laughs) which I think is also true with Hearn Hill. Oh, massively, yeah. You're just on a normal street of, you know, quite nice houses and then down a side street and suddenly you're in fields and it's just an amazing space. How does that help kind of with the anxiety, just being in that kind of space?
1: Yeah, so, yeah, Hernhill Velodrome, if you haven't been, it's it's a great place. And it is, like you said, you kind of go down this road and you would miss it. It's just like this tiny little kind of turning and you go down there and suddenly there's this big velodrome. It's just, yeah, it's, it's a wonderful, a wonderful place. And I think that also kind of helps as well because it is this space where you're you're in a very, you know, busy part of London, but actually, it kind of feels like this haven. It's uh, its own place and it has a, has a, such a community there. And you know how you're saying about people might not necessarily know it's there. The people that know it's there, they know it's there. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like they they love it. They're there. Their families come down to watch them. Like their friends are there. Like it's um yeah, it's kind of a very um, welcoming and and friendly place. And as I've said before one of the things that I really enjoy about the velodrome is that it f- feels like a kind of a safe environment. You're surrounded by coaches who, you know, trained coaches, really experienced cyclists. Also, you know, you've got beginners there as well. And and it's also, I, I do enjoy cycling on the road, but sometimes when I'm feeling very anxious or when those thoughts are kind of getting too much, I find it a bit more difficult. And at the velodrome, It's just you and your bike on a track. There's no cars. There's no um, kind of dogs running into your path. Yeah, with their headphones on. Um, Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. there's nothing kind of that. Although we did have a squirrel once that ran across. It ran (laughs) into the bikes. Oh Um, God! But (laughs) I don't want to think about that. The squirrel survived. (laughs) People survived. It's fine. Um.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And you also said in the article, if I remember correctly, about the seasons and how you enjoyed experiencing the seasons and cycling kind of through them.
1: Yeah, so it's really nice. I mean, it's it's interesting because in the winter you might think, Oh, I wish I was on an indoor velodrome yeah. because it can get so cold. But at the same time it's there is something so magical about it. Um you do it sounds really cheesy, but you do see all the seasons changing while you're there. Yeah, yeah you get the most like, gorgeous sunsets um there as well in summer. Yeah and in the winter even when it is cold and I mean it can get so cold and and icy there is you do get a sense of achievement for still for going you do your session you come back you warm up yeah and
0: also so there's lighting there so you can do
1: yeah there's soft light after after yeah, yeah. stuff it just feel it makes you feel slightly you know you're connected with the yeah. outside world and nature and there is a nice feeling when even when when it's cold you get that kind of breeze on your your skin and like in the summer you know you get that sunshine there and it's and um, as I was saying before about the the environment there's um like a kind of a bar and a cafe there so that's really nice in the summer because you can especially like, if you're racing you do your racing and then afterwards you can all like go to the stands and have like a a nice like ice cream or a beer or whatever and it's just a really lovely experience
0: yeah I'm really interested in the racing that you Ben felt confident mm-hmm. enough to start start doing <laughs> that. How did that come about?
1: So I think it's um, it's interesting, isn't it? With uh, with exercise, um, if you speak to some of my friends, they'd probably think that I do a lot. Whereas when I go to the Belgium, I feel mm. like I don't really do anything Well, cycling. to some <laughs> cyclists, are particularly kind of yeah. So you go there and you realise yeah. some people are kind of like living, breathing, yeah. okay. <laughs> eating, um, cycling, and so it's. You know, you, you go along and you kind of, you do your induction, do some sessions, you end up making friends and chatting to people. And then before you know it, you're kind of encouraged. Um, and, and especially Handhill Virgin, are really good at trying, they've been trying to grow their um, women's racing there particularly. And so they're really, really encouraging. Um, coaches are encouraging and the, the cyclists. And you get, you know, from beginners, people who have never raced before or like they only took up um track you know have longer to those who are racing at really high levels and are phenomenal and what's really nice is that even amongst that kind of range everyone's willing to help each other out Mm. so there'll be people from kind of you know higher levels who will help you with uh, any questions you have about your bike or what should I do in this race or how does it even work you know that that kind of thing yeah you kind of get encouraged to just go along and there's it becomes kind of like quite a social thing as well it's a uh, opportunity to catch up with people it's like I said friends and family come down they have a nice day out um but I I do still kind of get quite nervous before but I think that's like healthy yeah
0: I was earth. going to ask you exactly that <laughs> what is going on in your mind before mm. you race when you're kind of fair, ready to go on the bike and um, how, how do you manage that
1: yeah so One of the things that's been really helpful is, especially um, the last summer, there was uh, another lady at the Velodrome who, it was her first season racing, and we would just message each other beforehand, kind of like, oh, are you going, and like, well, I see you there, and kind of encouraging each other, and I think that that was a massive help, because um, that thing of, if you have someone who's expecting you, and someone who, you know, you it makes you. It makes you turn up. It makes you kind of be there, and you just know that you both just want to kind of, you know, you set your expectations very, or your yeah, your what your yeah, your expectations very low. You just want to kind of get through it and enjoy it. You don't necessarily want to, you are know, say trying to win or whatever. Ahead of those um, races on the, so the women's session is on a Sunday, and when it when it comes up to the the racing season you start um they'll start doing specialist kind of workshops on those races so if you know that you've got this race coming up there'll be a session focused on that so going into it you know so give me an example okay so say for example um elimination race that's quite straightforward so you start off have many of your racing and then it might be every other lap um or every lap depending on 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 what they choose um Someone's eliminated. And it's basically last over the line yeah. gets eliminated until it gets down to um, like a, a. I think it might be last two, and then they kind of end up playing like a bit of a cat and mouse game and and stuff. Yeah. So with that, it's in the session before when you're learning how to do it, you'll 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 look at things like what what's the best position to be in, so what, that like coming around the final bend or so. People have like different strengths. So some people are really good at accelerating kind of um, from the back and around. Yeah. But for some people, if they do that, then they're, they're done, <laughs> you know. So the best thing might be like to be in a position slightly closer in. But then you also want to make sure you don't kind of get boxed in. So yeah. it's just lots of, um, one of the things that's really good is that they encourage you to try lots of different things. So they'll say to you like try being and position number three or try being like right at the back or try being right at the front and just see how it works. And some people, it, it's really, de- yeah, it depends on your strengths. It depends on what you prefer. Some people love being at the front. Some people have that kind of the ability to attack really quickly so they can come round and it won't exhaust them and they've got that strength. Um, some people like to be at, in a certain position. So like that's one of the good things. You, you get encouraged before racing to try out all these different things because you never know what's going to happen on the day. You, you might end up kind of in a, you think, okay, I, I like being in this position and this is where I feel comfortable, but actually on the day, you can't get other there. people have different yeah. <laughs> ideas. And so you're placed in a kind of like, oh gosh, okay, um, how do I go from here? But hopefully you've done that kind of work beforehand to think, okay, these are my options. But it's all very, um, you're having to make the decisions very quickly. Yes. obviously. Yeah. So Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's really
0: fascinating. Would you say that, most people could do track cycling definitely, if you're reasonably yeah.
1: fit. Yeah. yeah, I think so, and I think there's this. Yeah, there's definitely this kind of um, idea that you have to be um, really fit, or you have to be um, quite aggressive and competitive. Hardcore. That's my, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> vision of it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah no. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, there's certain things that kind of take getting used to. That like, like sometimes people are quite you know like vocal, or they'll shout when you're but it's more for kind of safety. It's like, you know, I'm coming around or, yeah. or whatever it is. So those are things that you kind of have to get used to. But no, like you don't need to be, um, you don't need to be hardcore or kind of like scary. Or yeah. <laughs> um, And there really is, like if you come along to a, a women's session that like you would see such a mixture and what's been, what's been really amazing is it has grown so much and um, I'm amazed every time I go now that it, the session is just so big and there's such a variety. You have people who, yeah, they're they're brand new, they're starting out um, and then you've got people who are really, really experienced in the same session and it kind of it gets split into the different groups but um, you're all doing it alongside each other. But no, not at all and I think like, yeah, the more you speak to people there, the more you realise that it's just something that they've seen and they've thought, "Oh, I'll give it a go." Yeah. And yeah, and yeah. I mean, also, what's interesting at the Velodrome is there are there is a lady who she's gosh, I'm not sure how old she is, but she comes along to the session, but she doesn't necessarily take part in the the kind of the racing aspect of it. She just goes round and round and round for the whole two-hour session, and it's just for her. She says, "You know, like it's it's just keeps her active, keeps her fit." And she's not really interested in the racing side of it at all. She just likes getting there, riding her bike, and she's happy doing that. So so I was going to ask you, so you've been cycling three years? Um, Four I, years, maybe? Good question. Um, yeah. Um, I was cycling, so I had uh, a road bike before, and I was cycling a bit before that, but not that much.
0: So on the track... You started off for the 2016 Olympics at some point. Yeah, yeah. And you've seen in that time a massive growth in, Definitely, in women yeah. as well coming down.
1: Yeah, I even actually said this to one of the coaches on – so I was there on Sunday and I said this to one of the coaches. I said, is it just me or is it, is it just getting – like, is it getting busier? And they said, "Like, no, no, it is – you know, it it's just it seems to be – yeah. And I think that's kind of um, partly um, – so like awareness,
0: kind of visibility, it's like kind of you can't be what you can't see type idea that as people see more, and more women cycling on the track, perhaps like you do, they might feel more they can do it or...
1: Um, I think part of it is at the velodrome at Hernhill, they have they have made a massive effort to try and encourage and include more women um, in racing. Um, and having the, especially kind of like having that um, women's track league has been a massive help because when you're racing, if if you're not doing it in that kind of, you know, you've got the women's track league and it's, there's different categories from like beginner up to advanced, um, if that wasn't there, you would be racing with the guys, which is fine. But if you're a beginner and you're kind of thrown into an environment where it, people just zooming past you yeah. you're being left behind or you're kind of feeling intimidated it might not make you want to keep going or encourage you so it's really important to have that have that other kind of space to to learn and to grow and I think so the part of it has been that her and version have done they've, they've put a massive kind of effort in place there and then yeah I guess I guess awareness I guess It spreads, doesn't it, kind of like word of mouth. I think lots of people that I speak to who have got into cycling have got into cycling because someone they know Mm. really loves it. So there was another there's another uh lady at Cycling, I was talking to her the other day, and she's she's fantastic. She's a really great cyclist. And I said to her, How did you get into it? And she said, Oh, my boyfriend bought me a bike. She got into it then. And The same thing happened with me. My boyfriend bought me a bike, and it kind of sat there for a while, not like uh, gathering dust, I guess. But I think when someone is really passionate about something, it does it does um, encourage you to give it a try. And for example, um, I'm part of a I go to a running club as well, and some of the people from that running club are now uh, there's. One of the girls has signed up to do an induction, I think it is, in a couple of months. And one of the other guys is thinking yeah. about giving it a go. And I guess it's just like it spreads. Um, if you are really excited and passionate about something, people think, oh, maybe I'll see what this is about. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, definitely, I started road cycling after 2012 Olympics, really. So I did the first Ride in London in 2013, and it was tiny. Like, hardly anyone did it. And mm. now, obviously, it's absolutely huge. So in that time, cycling in Britain, as we all know, is absolutely transformed and you know road and, and track so that's yeah. interesting to hear yeah Um. so I just want to go back to one last point if you don't mind sure so you talked about track cycling and it's you know while it really helps with anxiety it's far from your only tool kind of in your toolbox yeah you talked about the role of sleep which I think
1: we know <laughs> is so
0: crucial what else do you do when you kind of need to what else
1: do you rely on yeah that's a really good question I think it's I think we kind of inherently know some of the answers to like the things that make us feel a bit more calm, but sometimes it's difficult putting it into practice, isn't it? So nature is massively important. When I go back to Dorset and um, I get that opportunity to, you know, I'll go for walks with my my mum or my nieces, family I find is really important as well. I feel I really love spending time with them. Yeah. Yeah, so I think, yeah, um, nature, so endorse that you're quite lucky that you're, you've are you got the coast, you've got the countryside. Sunshine, obviously, <laughs> when there's sunshine, that's really helpful. It's interesting, when I uh, spoke to my doctor once about um, exercise and depression and anxiety, she was asking me, you know, what, what do you do? And I was kind of listing off these things, and she was like, you know, walking is exercise too. And I thought that was such a good point because I think, Quite often you think, oh, it's just walking, but actually it's it's exercise, it's getting you out there, it's, you know, you can go at a slightly faster pace to um, get yourself slightly out of breath if you want to. Um, I'd say reading as well. I really enjoy reading, but one of the things I do find with reading is when my mind is a bit kind of... All over the place. Yes. It's, it's quite hard to concentrate. So podcasts as well. Got into <laughs> that. <eccentric>. Yeah, <laughs> I find that um, especially um when I'm struggling to sleep. Um podcasts and listening to the radio, I find quite helpful. Yeah. Um I'm trying to think of any other and animals. Like that might sound <laughs> strange, but there's nothing quite as um as calming as Do you have any pets? So, unfortunately not in London, but in Dorset I have a cat, which my mum looks after, so I guess it's her cat. Um, But, you know, I don't think there's ever been a time that he's failed to make me, yeah, to cheer me up or make me feel kind of relaxed. So I think there's just something very relaxing about animals. Are there any other... I think it's kind of all all the usual things, isn't it, that we know, but maybe need to put into practice more, yeah, to spending time with people that you like. What about eating sort of well? or any things that you feel Yeah, so probably need to do a bit more of that. I think we probably all do.
0: <laughs> Again, it's like you said, it's gonna be you know what you're meant to be doing and making yourself do it is a voice.
1: Yeah. The yeah the same as knowing it. Yeah. yeah, I think obviously when you're when you're eating well and you're um active, like you you notice that you feel better. And like I said, a lot of these things, it feels a bit of a circle, doesn't it? So it's, you know, if you're eating well and you're exercising, you're more encouraged to kind of carry on eating well. A bit of a virtual okay. circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, then also it's nice to have like odd treats and stuff. So.
0: Absolutely. Being definitely. balanced, yeah, I guess. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. All about
1: balance. <laughs> Amy, listen,
0: thank you so much for coming thank in you. and being so honest. I think people really appreciate that. I certainly have. I've learnt a lot. <laughs> I may even go and try some tracks like you should, myself. You should, definitely. we we'll, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I feel very inspired by it. So thank you so thank much you. for sharing your story with us today.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. That was
0: episode 15 of Healthy Debates. If you liked what you heard, remember you can pick up the latest edition of Healthy Magazine in your local Holland & Barrett store across the country. Or do head over to our website, healthy-magazine.co.uk, for a full array of our content. Please feel free to subscribe to our regular podcasts on your podcast app and give us a rating. And if you want to get involved in more cycling yourself, if you've been inspired by what Amy said, and want to find out more about Hernhill Velodrome and how you can get involved at any level, however much time you've got, do check out their details in our show notes. That was episode 15 of the Health Debates podcast. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.